0: Alright, here we are. Guy's House Basement for another podcast. I'm kind of excited about it. Um, I don't have a whole lot planned necessarily for tonight, but we're really starting to move forward in some ideas for the upcoming uh, next few podcasts. I've got a couple guests lined up already. Uh, They won't be any surprise to you or anybody that you guys aren't familiar with. I know uh, Kinnon said he's going to sit down. We're going to try to do an interview, maybe share testimony. That'll be good. I also got a couple friends, um, old campus minister that I'm gonna be able to sit down with as well and, and share a podcast with those. So those are a couple of things we got coming up. But but tonight, in in replace of what would normally be our, our his house meeting time, I just wanted to sit down and share maybe a devotional thought, maybe a message you could call it, uh, this afternoon for you guys to listen to. And really, you can listen to it whenever is convenient for you. This is a podcast after all the whole reason that you do them is so people can download and and listen on their own convenience. So this isn't necessarily a Wednesday night at 7 30 thing but I'm trying to make it a Wednesday afternoon thing for me over the next few weeks to sit down to record and to get something out there for you guys. So um, we're gonna jump right into a short message and uh, a challenge for you guys over the next few weeks. I don't know if you realize it or not, but um, you guys have a long break. And as I think back in my time in campus ministry or even as a college student, I recognize something about all breaks or or delays in school and what happens during those times. There's two different routes that most of us take when we have free time on our hand spiritually. We will either have some of the greatest spiritual victories in our life, or many of us will actually, during those times, suffer some of our greatest spiritual defeats. Now, I know you guys are familiar with the passage in the Bible that says idle hands are the devil's workpiece, and it, it's so true, but, but really the free time that we have over a break can be used to do one of two things. It can be used to, to grow yourself, or it can be used to serve yourself. And I just want to challenge us as we're beginning to jump into this time of break to consider the reality, the possibility that, that maybe what break isn't for isn't about folding hands and relaxing or, or letting our minds ease or vegging out or doing whatever it is that we hoped we might be able to do. And I'm not saying necessarily anything's wrong with taking a few extra naps or doing some events or, or going places that you might not normally go during the semester but i'm just challenging you today that maybe the thing to do isn't to set back and take it easy it's true that you spend your school year with full plates full schedules full minds your your lives are are full of friends classes activities full of fellowship meetings bible studies and in the midst of that you're you're anticipating when the next break will be right You're so busy during the school year that sometimes we're looking forward to the next break will be when you can just sit back, when you can relax, when you can take it easy. And I'm with you. There's some years that the the breaks just can't get here fast enough for me, That, that Christmas needs to get here sooner rather than later. But I want to tell you not to take it easy this break. This is a long break. This is a drawn out break, longer than what many of us are used to. And I want to encourage you not to get in the habit during this time of sitting back and take it easy. Don't take this the wrong way, guys. I want you to go wherever it is that you're headed for the next couple of months. I want you to to enjoy not having deadlines, not having tests, not having homework, not having to study for the next thing. I want you to enjoy the freedom that you're going to experience. But above and before that, I want you to come back refreshed and renewed. And I know that'll never happen. That's not going to happen when you sit back and take it easy. I want you to just listen to these passages. A couple that I read recently, one in Proverbs and one in Ecclesiastes, that I believe are a big challenge to us. Proverbs 24, verses 30 and 34, it says this. I pass by the field of a sluggard, by the vineyard of a man lacking sense, And behold, it was all overgrown with thorns. The ground was covered with nettles, and the stone wall was broken down. Then I saw and considered it. I looked and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And poverty will come upon you like a robber, like an armed man. Ecclesiastes 10, verse 18. Through laziness the rafters sag. Because of idle hands, the house leaks. A couple challenging passages there during this time of our break. See, the Bible teaches that without diligence, our homes, families, finances, and faith come to ruin. Most of you don't have houses yet, let alone vineyards or children or families to oversee. Most of you, your finances are, are, are likely already in ruin through college loans or whatever else you want. So I, I want to just... I'm not saying I don't want you to pay mind to those things, but I just want to pay mind to one of these areas right now. Let's pay mind and talk about your faith. This is where the victories are won. This is where the defeats are suffered. In our diligence. In our diligence and caring for these things. Look at your lives and consider what is lacking. Look at the leaks in the sagging rafters, the falling down walls, the thorns, the weeds, and do something about it. I know that without a doubt, there's things in your life right now that need attention, that need effort. And perhaps it's the is truly the way you deal with your finances. If so, so tackle that. Perhaps it's some estranged relationship that you have. If so, you need to make amends there. Perhaps it's how you treat your job. Perhaps it's your attitude and your, your dedication to school. Maybe it's in your obedience to God's word. I I don't know what it is that you need to start working on or you need to put attention to, to right now in your life. But please, before it's overgrown, give it the work and the attention that it needs. I want you to notice one thing about the sluggard from Proverbs. He was only interested in a little more. Just a little, not much, a small amount, a little more sleep, a little more slumber a little more rest. Is rest bad? No, we all need it. We need it at times, but rest is out of line when the lives that we live are headed for disrepair. I just want a story to I want to share with you. Maybe illustrate this a little bit. Back uh, several years ago, my sister had a car. It was a 96 Mercury Tracer. You guys can look those up on the internet if you care what they look like, but it was a nice little cheap, beautiful car, like a little Ford Escort. That thing ran good. It looked good. It drove good. It was really a nice car. Low miles on the thing. And being the, the family mechanic that I am, I would take chances and look over everybody's car whenever I could. And I did a little work on her car, so I'd ask her every so often about it. And I, how's your car? And it's great. It's great. It drives good. And, and uh, she would just be happy with it. No, no problem showed up. Um, never heard anything from her until I got a call that said, Pete, my car won't start. Would you take a look at it? So next time I was home, I I went down there and and took a look at this car. It had been probably a little over a year since the last time I saw it, and I began checking the thing over, and it it wouldn't start. I couldn't even get the thing to crank over, and so I I decided to tow it to my parents' garage and begin looking at it, and I checked the battery. It was good. I pulled the starter out. It was good. I I checked everything that I could, and uh, finally, I Pulled the dipstick, and when I pulled the dipstick, I realized that on that dipstick was some of the tarriest, blackest, dirtiest oil that I'd ever seen. It was totally nasty. It was it was so thick and so cruddy that it, uh, it was pretty clear what the problem was. The engine was seized. The car was totaled. It was a piece of junk. My sister let that car go to disrepair. Uh, there was no problems that she knew of. There was no visible signs of its failure. There was no um, warnings of its up-and-coming doom. But there was a lot of disrepair that happened. You see, I don't know about you guys, but there used to be, um, I don't know what it was called, a rule about changing your oil. Every three months or 3,000 miles was kind of the idea that you did, especially when you use conventional oil. I used to run conventional oil in that thing. My sister had neglected to change the oil for a little over 50,000 miles, and that is what totaled her car, a little disrepair. She'd seize the engine. So what I want you to understand from this story is that disrepair doesn't happen once the engine seizes. It happens miles. It happens years before that. Disrepair doesn't happen when the roof starts to leak or when the walls fall down or when the rafters sag or when the thorns and thistles and nettles take over. Disrepair happens in our lives long, long before that. And in your life, your faith, your walk with the Lord, disrepair doesn't happen when everything starts to fall apart. It doesn't happen when you find yourself doubting what you once thought was certain and true. It doesn't happen when you find yourself neck deep in sin. It doesn't start when you find yourself overwhelmed by the sense of hopelessness. Disrepair doesn't happen when we find ourselves alone and hurting. Disrepair happens when we ignore the need to cultivate the ground on which we walk. When we put off maintenance in our lives, when we neglect to change our spiritual oil, if you will. You see, everything can look fine. Everything can can seem and appear okay in our lives, but things can still need our attention. See, disrepair doesn't happen when your life falls apart. It happens when we neglect even one small area of obedience to Christ. Don't get caught this break taking it easy. Don't get caught focusing on the outside. Don't wait for defeat. See, I'm challenging you not to take it easy this Christmas break. Not to take it easy this holiday break. Don't use the time the clear mind, the lowered stress, to relax. Rather, use it to look inward. Use it to consider how you can begin to allow yourself to be changed, to be transformed into the image of Christ. Seek out areas in your life that need attention and make it your goal to bring those into full control of Jesus. So here's my desire for you guys, my challenge, if you will. My desire for each one of you is that you have a refreshing break, that it'd be good, that when you came back to school, whenever that is, you know, January, April, next October, I don't know when, when we're coming back. I don't know when this coronavirus stuff is wrapping up. But whenever I see you again, whenever I get an opportunity to look you in the eye, to shake your hand, to give you a hug, to have a conversation, I want to find out that you are spiritually refreshed. I want you to have a break of refreshment. I want you to have victories and be spared spiritual defeats. I want you to make it your goal to place the fullness of your life in the control of Jesus. I want you to all know and understand the fullness of God's love and will for you. God, one of the greatest ways that we can grow spiritually over this break, one of the greatest ways that this church is going to be prepared when the quarantine ends, or when the season of COVID comes to a wrap, is if we prepare ourselves for what's coming. Guys, this isn't a season for relaxation. It is a season for refreshment. This isn't a season for rest, but it is a season for empowerment. And I hope that we can all see that, that the breaks that we get, that the the opportunities that we have to step away from the, the worldly things that need our attention, need our focus, need our efforts, when we can step away from those, it's not that we get a chance to chill, but that we get a chance to have a different focus. And I want to encourage you to take that time, take this time of break and focus on how you might grow, yes, in God's word, but ultimately closer to Christ. So I'm going to close with this verse. 1 Timothy 4, verses 6 through 16 says this, If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus, nourished on the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed, have nothing to do with godless myths in old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding a promise both for the present age and for the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. This is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people and especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things. Do not let anyone look down on you because you are young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourselves to the public reading of scripture, to preaching, and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given to you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these manners. Give yourselves wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and your doctrine closely. Persevere in them. Because if you do, you will save both yourselves and the hearers. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate you listening. God bless.